Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the February 22nd episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have a couple of cool things to talk about today. First, some maintenance information for you guys. We are going to be holding a class in February. Yay! So for those who have asked, yes, we did not have class in January. We did not want to bring you a half-baked class, and that's ultimately what would have happened. So just being real transparent with y'all, it was just not worth it for you guys or for us to go ahead and have a January class. But we are holding a class in February. We are going to revisit the wonderful world of Android and talk to you more about what makes Android a really strong competitor to iOS and even some things that Android has way over iOS in terms of things that it does. So it's going to be a great class, don't you think? I do. We could even do a comparison for those that use DoorDash. (laughs) That's a really good one. It would really show you some impressive things about Android, like that it works (laughs) with DoorDash, because lately iOS has not. So... If you want to come hang out with us and join us, this class is on the 24th, so February 24th, which is Thursday, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're on our events list, you'll use the information that you've had for a long time. Now, for public events coming up at any point later or anything that we have to share later, we're probably going to have to begin registration for those. But as long as the events list, we don't have any issues, we're going to keep things as are for now. But publicly, I think the amount of events we're able to share publicly in terms of how we used to share events publicly, I think that's going to not be a thing for a while until we can figure out a solution to keep from having bombings at our Zoom events because we had a disaster around Thanksgiving when we did our open house. So if you're wondering, well, you usually toward the beginning of the year have a public event. Well, we're not doing that right now, so if you want the information, it's a good reason to subscribe to our events mailing list that's available through any page of the Mystic Access website, and you will be emailed the information. In fact, I'm probably going to email it to you guys on the day the podcast comes out, so if you subscribe after that, I will attempt to send a reminder on Thursday morning. Well, it's true what they say, one bad apple spoils a whole bunch, or two bad apples, mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah. just a few people can spoil it for everybody. And I remember when we had our bombings, got an email from a customer of ours. and She was irate. <laughs> she, she was not a happy camper. That people would just come in and disrupt your, your little gathering. It wasn't even a meeting or anything. It was just a gathering where people were talking. So yeah. that was not cool. And we got three issues in one day. I mean, it was awful. So... Sometimes in our podcasts and tutorials, people sometimes ask us, why do you have different sounds playing in your podcasts that we don't hear all the time? For example, in Edge, in Chrome, in Brave, we use an extension called Chrome Sound Effects, and it gives a lot of sound effects to Chrome. Sometimes people also ask us why... When we copy something to the clipboard, is there a clipboard sound in our recordings? Because sometimes you forget to turn it off. And it's kind of cool to see that happen, or different sound effects play for different events. 
Well, about a year ago, I think maybe a little longer, we did a podcast on Linkstash, which is a bookmark manager for multiple browsers. And you can get that from linkstash.com, or you can search the podcast archives for that episode if you are interested. But the company that does Linkstash has another program that works with your clipboard. It's called Clipcache. And you might ask yourself, okay, Windows 10 already has a clipboard manager. And Windows 11 probably does. I'm sure it does. But I don't know because we haven't used Windows 11 yet. However, this Clipcache utility was created long before Windows 10, long before Windows 8, long before Windows 7. I could go back further, but I won't. And what it does is it captures your clips and it puts them in a database for you to use at a later time. The other cool thing that it does is it allows you to search for clips. Let's say you have a thousand clips in your database because you very well could after years and years and years of using a specific program but you want a clip that you did let's say six months ago and you know kind of what was in it you could do an actual search for that information and it can give you those results so that you can use that clip later so it's another way to access essentially your history of stuff that you're doing and stuff that you're looking at and stuff that you're wanting to save for a rainy day or to put in a document or in an email or to paste into a browser etc exactly so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my desktop. Desktop list. Microsoft. And I'm going to type. L. Clip Cache Pro 82 of 112. And this is not a free program. This is a paid program. And I'm going to press enter. F. Other files. Clip Cache.hpdesktop.db. Clip Cache Pro. Dialog. List. Hello. 11 bytes. 2 slash 21 slash 2022. 8 hours 27 minutes and 23 seconds a.m. Notepad. 2 slash 21 slash 2022, 8 hours 27 minutes and 23 seconds a.m. Text. Star entitled Notepad 1 of 1. So, so they gave us a lot of information. It did. The text hello was what I copied to my clipboard. It also told me when I copied it. It told me where I copied it from and a couple of other useful information. And currently, I deleted my database because I have clips in here that I don't want people to see. So instead of having to edit them out, I just deleted everything. So I how do could, you get that back? How do I get that back? Well, I could go to a backup file because it automatically backs things up. Nice. I could go into a deleted items area and I can get them back as well. But I took a page out of Lisa's book and I hit <laughs> <laughs> shift delete. Which does what? It bypasses the recycle bin. So it does the same thing in ClipCache. It bypasses its deleted items folder. Again, I really didn't want to take any chances. So you're really happy you have a backup file right now. Yes, exactly. Because you can, I assume, import it back in very easily. Yes, you can. And when we opened the program, you heard the path to where my file is. So what you can do is you can move this file to another computer you could store it on cloud storage you know if your clips are very important to you you can do that so what happens do you right click this now to interact with it or do you tab if i want to paste this i just press enter and it pastes my information but if i tab tree view level one new clips one of one 
That's new clips. It's a folder. Mm -hmm. Level zero deleted items one of one. There's deleted items. Now if I tab. Dialog. List. Like 27 bytes. 5 slash 26 slash 2021 4 hours 48 minutes and 11 seconds am. Notepad. 5 slash 26 slash 2021 4 hours 48 minutes and 11 seconds am. Text. Star entitled Notepad 1 of 6. So there are six items in my deleted items folder. And I am going to tab. Tree view. Deleted items 1 of 1 level 0. Now we're back to the deleted items. And I can... Level 1 new clips 1 of 1. Up arrow. Level 0 my clips expanded 1 of 1. There's my clips. So we have my clips and then new clips in my clips. So my clips is an extra folder and new clips is a subfolder. Yeah, it's a tree. Search results 1 of 1 level 0. There are search results. And I just hit the up arrow key if I tab. Dialog. List. There's nothing in there. But now let's what are these see. search results for? Tree view. Search results 1 of 1. I'm going to go to new clips. My clips expanded. Level 1, new clips, 1 of 1. And I'm going to press Control F. I probably didn't need to go into new clips before doing this, but I'm going to do this. Dialog. Combo box collapsed. Edit selected Jude. I want to search for something, so I'm going to type hello. E-L-O. And I'm going to press Enter. Dialog. List. Hello. 11 bytes. 2 slash 21 slash 2022. 8 hours 27. So I'm in my search results with any clips that have the word hello in them. And there's so only I can see a lot of really handy things for that. Let's say you're looking for a specific Amazon link that you know you went to. You could just type Amazon, and then you've got all of them. Right. Now, let's take a peek at what the interface looks like. We've already looked at the main interface. I'm going to hit the Alt key to go to the menu. File submenu Alt plus F. Go to the right. Edit submenu Alt plus E. View submenu Alt plus V. Text submenual plus X. Tools submenual plus T. Help submenual plus H. System submenu space. File submenual plus F. Now if I go down, let's see what we have in file. New clip cache file. N. So you can have multiple clip cache files. What if you have a work file and you have a home file? You could do that. Or you can just create different folders within the interface. So it depends on how you want to deal with that. Open clip cache file. O. Save clip cache file control plus S. Backup clip cache file. B. Compact clip cache file. C. Import submenu I. Mail clip. M. Save clip. S. Print. Control plus PP. 1F. Other files. HP. That's my clip cache file. Recent, yeah. 2HP computer clip cache dot DB2. 3F. Other file. Exit text. So that's what's in your file menu. File submenu Alt plus F. Let's go to the right. Edit submenu Alt plus E. Undo control plus E unavailable E. So I could undo a task. Let's say I deleted them. I could undo that deletion. Redo control plus Y unavailable. Copy control plus C. C. Copy as plain text control plus B. X. Paste control plus V unavailable P. Quick paste shift plus enter Q. Quick paste end in tab. Clipboard routing sub so F. Other file. File submenu F. And I just hit the Alt key to get out, but there is quite a few things that you can do with this. It's not just a simple, let's just copy your clips to a file and save them for later. You could do a heck of a lot of things with this program. 
for example, I want to go into settings. We're not going to belabor this whole thing because if you're interested, you can check this out yourself. But I want to show you settings really quickly. File submenu go back plus to the F. menu. Edit submenu. View submenu plus V. I'm going to go into view because I believe that's where options is. Toolbar customization sub pin window open control plus WP. Always on top. Go to preview paint. Maximize preview paint. Arrange clips by submenu R. View clips by submenu V. Go to folder submenu G. Status bar checked A. Info bar. Find bar checked F. And I think I'm wrong. There's some cool info in there, Other like sorting there your is. clips, viewing your clips. That's pretty cool. So let me look again and see where the settings are. Files, edit, view, sub, text, sub, tools, sub, manual, plus T. Probably in tools. Probably in tools, yep. New folder, control, plus GF. There's how you create a new folder. What is that? Control <laughs> plus what? G. And then it said F, because if you're in the menu, you could have just hit F. Sure. Prune clips in multiple folders. P. You could prune clips. You could delete clips. Empty deleted items E. That's how you can empty deleted items. Empty clipboard Y. You can clear your clipboard, which is actually kind of nice. Convert clipboard to plain text V. Wow. Connect to clipboard cool. R. Capture clips control plus Q check C. I'll explain that in a few minutes when I get into hotkeys. Allow the I bitmap captures check D. Prefer Unicode U. Customize highlights. Options. Control plus IO. And there's options, and it would have been Control-I if I had, would have remembered the hotkey to get into options. So let's go into options real quick. Clip cache options dialog. General property page actions, then perform the following actions. Clip cache main window setup sounds to play. For example, a capture sound clip list. Selecting a clip cache clip copies it to the clipboard checkbox not checked Alt plus S. So what that means, if I'm up and down arrowing through my list of clips, do I want it to copy to the clipboard? No, I do not. If I want it, I could just press enter on it and it will copy it to the clipboard. So you don't want, if you're going down 500 things, you just don't want it to automatically copy the clipboard, although some people would, that's why it's there. I'm going to tab. Double clicking or pressing enter on a clip copies it to the clipboard checkbox check alt plus D. Switch to the last used program and paste checkbox check alt plus P. That I actually like. So if I'm in notepad and I bring up the clipboard option, and I find a clip, I can just press enter on it, and it's going to switch to notepad and paste it in for me. So I don't have to do control C, control V, what have you. I used to do that until I found this option. Minimize the clip cache window checkbox not checked alt plus M. Move clips to the start slash end of the list when sorted by date use checkbox check alt plus V. Minimize clip cache when switching to another program checkbox check alt plus W. Minimize clip cache to the notification area. System tray. Checkbox check alt plus Y. Minimize clip cache after a drag and and drop to another program checkbox not checked alt plus R. The close window button exits clip cache checkbox not checked alt plus X. Show grid lines in the clip list checkbox not checked alt plus G. Update the clip name after the clip is edited checkbox check alt plus U. So you can actually edit the clip should you want to. Sounds. Button alt plus O. There's where you would go to activate sounds or different sounds for different events. So I'm going to hit space on this option. Sounds dialog. Play a sound when a clip is captured. Checkbox check alt plus C. So you check the box and then... Edit selected F. Other files, OneDrive, documents, email, notifications, clip, cache, sound.wav. You tell it where the sound is that you want it to play. So you can have any sound that you want. It doesn't necessarily come with sound effects. You have to find your own. Play a button. 
There's your play button, so I can see what it sounds like. Space. Pressed. That's the sound that I use to copy the clipboard. Now I'm going to tab. Browse. Button Alt plus B. That's where you would browse to the file if you don't know the path. Play a sound when a duplicate clip is captured and remove checkbox check Alt plus D. So let's say you have a clip already in your clipboard and you copy it again. You can play a sound for that. Edit selected F. Other files OneDrive dot. Play a button. Space. Pressed. That tells me that when I copy something to the clipboard, it's already there. Browse. Play a sound when a clip is not captured. Checkbox check Alt plus N. If a clip doesn't get captured for whatever reason, you can play a sound, and that is... Edit selected F. For me... Other... Play a button. Space. I rarely hear that sound. Browse. Button Alt. Play a sound when the convert clipboard to plain text hotkey is pressed. Checkbox not checked. So I don't have that one checked because I don't understand what that means, so I just leave that unchecked. Edit blank. Play a button. Browse. OK button. And there's OK. So I'm going to hit cancel button. Cancel just in case I made any changes by mistake. Clip cache options dialog. General property page actions then. OK button. There's OK. I just tabbed off of that sounds button. Cancel button. Help button. Tab control. General tab selected. And we have general. We're going to hit the right arrow key. View tab selected. There's view. Hotkey tab selected. Hotkeys. This is also another feature I wanted to show you. And we're going to tab through. Hotkey property page. Click the help button to learn more about hotkeys. Show slash hide the main window. Hotkey field control plus shift plus alt plus M. These are hotkeys that I created. So if I want to bring up the clipboard window at any time, I could just hit that hotkey. I'm going to tab. Clip menu hotkey field control plus shift plus alt plus C. That's what I would press if I want to bring up the list of recently added clips. Show favorites clips hotkey field control plus shift plus alt plus F. You can actually favorite clips. Enable slash disable capturing hotkey field control plus shift plus alt plus N. So this hotkey I actually like. Let's say that you are typing in Kim's credit card number and you need to <laughs> copy that to the clipboard. So I would hit this hotkey so that it doesn't capture the clip, copy it to the clipboard, do what I need to do with it, and I know it's not in this database. So I really do like that a lot. Convert clipboard to plain text hotkey field none. Paste the converted text into the active window checkbox checked. Recent clip up hotkey field none. So there's even recent clips. Recent clip down hotkey field none. Power paste up hotkey field none. Power paste down hotkey field none. OK button. Cancel What's button. Power paste? I don't know. That's why they're not selected or I don't have hotkeys for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hit enter on cancel. F. Other files clip cache data HP now, desktop. Let's take a look at this hello clip. My clips expand. Search my level one new dialog list. Hello, 11 bytes. I'm going to look at its properties. Context menu. So I hit the context menu and I'm going to go up. Properties are. Press enter. Clip properties dialog size. 11 bytes added. Monday, February 21st, 2022. 8 hours, 27 minutes, and 23 seconds AM last used. Monday, February 21st, 2022, 8 hours, 27 minutes, and 23 seconds AM formats, only formats with check marks are copied. General property page size, 11 bytes added. Monday, I just hit control to silence speech. Edit selected hello. There's the name of the clip. List. Hotkey. Hotkey field nonalt plus H. So I can actually add a hotkey for this specific clip, should I wish to. None button. Favorite label. Edit Alt plus V blank. Window title. 
Edit Alt plus W selected star entitled Notepad. Source, Edit Alt plus S selected Notepad. Source URL, Edit Alt plus U blank. OK button. Cancel, Help button. Tab control, General tab selected. I'm thinking of all the clever ways you could use that custom clip yes, thing. <laughs> exactly. And you actually have this program too. I most certainly do. Yeah, it's really cool. I need to begin using it more than I currently do, but it is a very cool program. It is. So we just wanted to give you a little quick tour. Let me go into Notepad real quick. Star entitled Notepad. Text editor edit multi-line hello. So there's hello. This is a test. So this is a, this is a test. If I press home, T. then shift end. This is a test selected. Then copy it to the clipboard. There's my sound. NVDA didn't tell me that it was copied to the clipboard, but I got the confirmation sound from ClipCache that it was copied to the clipboard. Now, if I go to the bottom of the file, blank. This I is a test unselected. And I read my current line. Let's see. Blank. It's blank. Now, if I paste that there, it's pasted. This is a test. And there is my stuff. But let's see. I'm going to go up to. This is line three. This is line three. Go to the beginning of line three. T. I'm going to press the Alt-Shift-Control-C hotkey, which brings me into the clips. Dialog. Tree view. New clips expanded one of one level one. There's new clips. New clips ex level two. This is a test expanded one of one. Hello. Expanded one of one level two. And I'm going to press enter. Star entitled notepad. Text editor edit multi-line hello comma. This is line three. And that's exactly what it did. So it put the word hello before this is line three. So I just found it in my clips. If I want to do something a little more extensive than just finding it from a list, then I would just bring up the main clip cache window and do all this fancy stuff with it that we were looking at a few minutes ago. So it automatically pasted it into the document for you when you yes. went back to it? That's yes. cool. I just found it in the list, pressed enter on it, and into the document it went really handy if you're one of those people who writes down a lot of phone numbers or addresses or email addresses, grocery lists, anything like that. If you have specific information that you share a lot, you can make a custom clip for that information and just drop it into things. There's yes. lots of different things you could do with this. You can put stuff in folders. You would copy and paste. Like if I wanted to move hello to a new folder, for example, I could go into there. I can cut it with control X. I could find the folder I want to put it in, and then I can paste it with Control-V. So it's just like copying and pasting a file into a different folder. You're using that same analogy of kind of files and folders or clips and folders. Your clip would be your file, and your folder would be your, your folder, like new clips or deleted items or what have you. Yeah, so you could have clips just for stuff you get off the web. Or if there's a certain website you get stuff off of all the time, you could have a folder just for that website. I mean, you could be as extensive with this as you wanted to. You can. It's all just in the imagination of you as the user of this type of product. And we wanted to just give you a quick overview of what it was like. Again, this is a paid product. And where would they go to learn more? ClipCache. C-L-I-P-C-A-C-H-E. Like a cache. Not caches and money. But cash is in like a stash or a cache. So it's So you have cash. clip cash and link stash. Correct. <laughs> Dot com for both. <laughs> it's the same company, right? Yes. That's cool. So just one of those handy applications. Does it work on Mac? It does not. It's a Windows okay, so this is strictly a Windows app. Right. 
no iOS, no Android, none of that. It's simply a Windows-based program, and it's been around for 20-plus years or so, where a lot of clipboard extenders, that's what they used to be called, have gone the way of something. I mean, there's a few other clipboard extenders that I've seen over the years. They actually had one that I used for a while, and I don't know why I stopped using it. Probably couldn't find it. But if you were on a laptop, and you copied something to your clipboard, you'd go to your desktop and it was in that one's clipboard list. It was really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. How did it sync them? I don't remember, but it definitely synced them. This does not sync, I suppose? No, it does not. Even if you have cloud service, you know, if you have the file stored in your cloud service, I don't believe it syncs. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I've actually never tried it. But like in Linkstash, there's an option that says monitor remote file to update but I don't think this has it. Kim and I were talking recently and reminiscing about old things and services that we once worked with, and she thought of the old Tell Me service. Remind us what the Tell Me service was. Okay, the Tell Me service was created by Tell Me Networks. This was years before it was bought by Microsoft, and this was around 2000-ish when I began using it, so summer 2000. But I think it was begun the year before in 99. And one of the things that it did was speech recognition. That was its big claim to fame. So for the public, there was a phone number you could call. And you could get your news, your soap opera updates. Remember soap operas? Whether they still exist. They do still exist. They still they're, do exist. They're probably on the same problem they were on 35 years ago, but let's not go there. There's that. Some of them still exist, and some of them you get through Netflix and things instead. I mean, Downton was essentially a soap. So, you know, and of course that was PBS, not Netflix, but you get the idea. Point being, you could get your updates, you could get news, weather, traffic, and some of the big metros, horoscopes, all kinds of things through this service. And in order to do it, you would just say what service you want to get. So every morning for years, I would call and get my news update, my weather, and a few other things for the course of that day. In the early days, they also had something called phone booth. And I never really used this. I don't think I ever used it. I may have used it once. But they would connect you with a number, a long-distance number, and give you like two free minutes of long distance that you could use toward calling that number. And it would connect you up. Oh, there were business listings, too. I don't remember how that worked exactly, but you could get business listings, which was cool. And I think you could even call a business directly from Tell Me. So this was a initially an 800 number that you called, 1-800-555-TELL, still remember it. And then years later, it became a toll number. And then I didn't know this, but years after that, they made it an 866 number. I think it is completely gone now, unless you are an AT&T wireless customer, <laughs> in which case you can still get to it. It's now called the information line. It's no longer owned by Tell Me Networks, but you can still get to some of the information that you could get all those years ago, and it still exists in some form somewhere. But the thing about it that kind of got to me and made me sad was the fact that if you are strictly a touch-tone phone user... There are very few ways to get this information anymore. You may be able to call your local weather line. And if you have the NFB Newsline service, you can call a phone number and get your newspapers read to you. But other than that, there's not a lot you can do in order to access information via a touch-tone phone. You know, I have one question for you. Hmm. What's long distance? Ah, uh, yes. 
I don't remember, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are under a certain age and have no idea what long distance is, you were charged per minute? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> when calling somebody and talking to them on the telephone, it was awful. <laughs> Nickel nights were a really big deal. Yeah, pretty much. After nine on weeknights and weekends, especially on weekends, you could get some deals. I remember when I got my first cell phone, it was with Sprint. And it was a Samsung phone, I do believe. Couldn't do anything with it. Didn't talk. You could use it to place and receive phone calls. I mean, that was huge. You paid for, I think I paid $20 a month or $30 a month and got like 100 minutes a month to work with. And that was a good price at the time. Yes. And that was including long distance. So I think that the cell phones started the revolution of not charging for long distance in a lot of ways. There were numbers, for those of you under a certain age, you don't remember this either, that were supposed to allow you to pay less for your long distance. So you would call like 10-10-3-2-1 before you made your phone call. I made a boo-boo with this one time, though, on my parents' phone line. I called a friend in the UK using 10-10-3-2-1 and got like a $200 phone bill for like 30 minutes of conversation. I got in a lot of trouble for that one. Oh, yeah. You could probably Wikipedia ten ten three two one and see if it is a thing or what it talks about, but those were numbers as well that you could call and, and somehow it would charge your phone. It was cheaper than long distance through your phone carriers. Just not internationally, apparently. Right. <laughs> Oops. Oh, well, you learned. Our point to this discussion was the fact that if you are a touchtone phone user, if smartphones intimidate you, Your days of being able to access this kind of information without any internet access are over. They're done. They don't exist anymore. This kind of stuff, as I said, other than being able to call like your local weather line, you don't have a lot of options anymore. It's really important to have some level of internet access somewhere, whether it's to use a smartphone. You could certainly just get data and learn to use a smartphone of some kind, or you could have the internet and use a a voice assistant, Google, a lady, something like that. And if you have a household with multiple people in it, with multiple speakers, that can be an interesting thing as well. But the point is that with a smart speaker, you're going to need some kind of an account. So whether you create a Gmail address for the Google branded of speakers, or if you get an Amazon account for the A lady, or, well, Siri, you're going to have to use a phone Anyway, because I don't know how, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I don't know how much of the HomePod you can use without an iOS device. Probably not much. If you were looking for something like a business listing with your assistant, you could always say something like, What's the phone number for Ladson Grill? The phone number for Garrison's Grill. Unless you have that happen. Because we're right on the border with Canada, we get a lot of stuff in Ontario for phone numbers. And that, of course, is not what I wanted. So sometimes you're going to run into situations like that where it won't, in fact, work. Hey, what is the phone number for Lanson Grill? So she can't even find it. That's good. Yeah, at least mine gave you something. Yes, these are really bad examples. Mm -hmm. But that's what you're going to hit. I mean, that's what's going to happen, unfortunately. If you don't have a way to look it up and make sure you're spelling L-A-D-S-O-N-G-R-I-L-L, you know, you could run into serious issues finding what you're wanting with a voice assistant, even. So it's hard. It's a hard thing to say. We understand, of course, 
that there are people who are intimidated by the use of smartphones, even the phones that aren't, quote, as smart, end quote, that offer touchstone capabilities, that offer the use of buttons. You know, it's a hard line. It's hard to know what the best option is for you. Some of it's going to depend on what you're doing. What we encourage people not to do, however, is continuously rely on other people to get you the information you need. There's danger in that. Yeah, they could get it wrong and send you somewhere you don't want to go or give you the wrong phone number. Or if you're translating something or typing something down, you could have a transpose of numbers. For example, I was getting an IMEI number for a phone from an IRA agent and they transposed a number and that's all it took. And that was a sighted person giving me the info that I needed and it was incorrect. I had to call back and say, okay, I have this number. Can we match it with the photo that was snapped a few minutes ago? And sure enough, it was, you know, it's an error. It happens, but it can happen. It's too easy, though, to get complacent and automatically have other people to ask, specifically if it's friends, family. And let's face it, sometimes they just don't have the time or energy to give you the information that you need. You know, sometimes they've got other things they've got to do. So it's important to try and facilitate your own seeking and finding of information. And with some of these things like the tell me numbers no longer being in existence, you have to find other ways that work. And... In this, the information age, where you've got stuff at your fingertips, if you don't have access to that, it does put you in a bit of a quandary sometimes. It's not just, I'm going to turn on the TV and watch for something or find something. That's just not really how we take in information anymore. We were watching a program that's going to go way off on a tangent, and sometimes we like <laughs> to do this. But we were watching a program yesterday, and the question was asked in English, and then the answer was given in German. If there were subtitles, they weren't spoken. Like normally in a documentary, and that's what it was. Normally in a documentary, the subtitles are read by somebody, whether it's the uh, narrator, narrator or, or what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting thing. And we're like, okay, whatever. It was kind of an important part of the documentary, but neither one of us speak German. So we didn't understand what it was. and then I the, used to speak German, but he was talking way too fast. But then the, the person went back to English for the rest of the documentary. Yeah, this one specific person wasn't speaking English. It's kind of an interesting thing. So in the last podcast, we talked a little bit about tracking each other. Yep. And again, we're going to reiterate how important it is to allow the right person to track you when you want to be tracked. And we were talking about Lyft and also TripIt for tracking flights and the car rides. So we thought about Find My, which is a tracking service for iPhone, which is very, very accessible, according to a customer of ours. She said that she uses it all the time to know where her family members are, which is great. But in the beginning of this podcast, we talked about Android, and Kim and I sometimes will play with our Android phones on the whim, pull out the SIM card of an Apple device, and put it in an Android device so that we're kind of keeping up with both platforms. So what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to get stuck in using Find My, and then if I decided to 
change my phone to an Android phone, there would be no tracking of me wherever I went if I was to go somewhere else. So what we found was a program called L-I-V-E Live 360. And that is a really cool application that we can use to track each other. Now we're not going to show you because of you know history and stuff like that where we've been and that it's just for privacy reasons we're not going to show it to you but in the iOS version I haven't actually logged in in the Android version yet but the iOS version is 100% accessible you know exactly where they are you can set up little trigger locations so let's say that you have a kid that goes to school and you put this on their phone you are told when little Johnny has arrived at school and when little Johnny has left school or when little Johnny arrives at home or when little Johnny leaves home. So you can have for free, I think, five different places that you can add to your kind of watch list, I suppose, that will allow you to be notified when each person does whatever they do or goes wherever they go within the application. Now I don't know what happens if I were to go to Rite Aid, for example. There is a check-in option where you can, I assume, check into a place like Rite Aid that's not something that you're monitoring all the time and you're going to get a notification or the other people will get notifications that are following you. Now this is something that you have to set up individually and then connect to each other or to connect to multiple people within your little group. So it's not, again, something that you're just going to fire up and see where everybody is. It's a two-way street. You have to allow them and they have to allow you. Absolutely. So it's just another way. For us as a couple, there's a lot of safety to it for us. I mean, we feel like it's great because we're not like spying on the other person. That's not how we work. We're just making sure that the other person is cool, you know? Right. And that's important to us. You know, now that we're married and obviously living in the same house, when one of us is away, you know, the other just wants to make sure that everything is going well. Everything's going good. There's not a problem somewhere. Right. There are people that don't want to be tracked and don't want to know where the other person is. And and that's great, too. But for us, we think it's great. We absolutely do. So we'll keep you updated on how this works. We actually put the North Carolina house in as a place. So when we go there, it'll be really fun to kind of watch it switch. (laughs) Yes, it'll (laughs) switch. Yeah, it'll switch and let us know. So it's a really cool thing. So if one of us was in North Carolina, for instance, and the other was here, then the one would know when we're going and leaving from the house. Right, which is good. And it also has SOS. It has crash protection. So if you're in a car crash, I would know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Hopefully that never happens. Exactly. But you just want to know those kinds of things. So we know it's been another one of those little mixed bag podcasts. Hopefully you found something in here of interest to you. Definitely let us know if there are particular topics you'd like for us to cover. It's an every two-week thing, guys, so we always are looking for cool things to share about. Definitely let us know what you think. Remember that you can check out all of our podcast info, features, and previous episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com. And our downloads, again, because we've changed this stuff, we want to make sure that people are aware. If you want to go to the free downloads website now, you can go to mysticaccessdownloads.com and download a bunch of 
past events and things like that, which are not podcast related, but we just wanted to let you know that they are there. Yep, and you can get to all of this stuff through mysticaccess.com as well. It's just another easier way to go there if that's strictly what you want to check out today. So we hope, as always, that you're enjoying it. If you do, always, of course, feel free to let us know what you like. And you're also welcome to contribute to our little tip jar available through mysticaccesspodcast.com if you like what we are doing. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.